Ta-dam. We're live. We're up. Also, who wants to go first? It's like four shy, three shy Swedish guys <laughs> staring at each other. <laughs> at least Don, you seems to be doing a pretty good job on Twitter and stuff. So I think you should start introducing us now. Uh, Hello. <laughs> who, who are we? Uh, and, and perhaps why are we? So, Yuan, you start. Who are you? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're. Who are we? I thought we started with. You asked that one first. No, but we we wanted some uh, a FOSS podcast uh, around everything, not niched around a specific technology or something, but around the concept per se. Uh, so a bit like FOSS them all year round, every other week ish, <laughs> something like that. And why are we here? I guess we're we're the oldest craziest. Okay. Not crazy. Yeah. We just want to we just want to open source as much as possible. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, that's Henrik. Who are you then, Henrik? You one uh, didn't really explain who he is, but uh, no. who we are. Yeah. I'm Henrik. Uh, I've been doing free open source software since late nineties. Um, in embedded. Uh, now nowadays mainly compliance. So I'm not hacking anymore, so I, I don't know. I'm I'm the bastard here. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> you, so you, you you are you're even worse. You're not. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm doing more PowerPoint than you do. Yeah, <laughs> way more PowerPoint. Than so you one, when did you get into open source? Uh, Red Hat five point one was when I discovered it. Then I don't mm. think I understood what it meant until like a couple of years later. But okay, I have, I forgive me for not uh, having this recorded, but uh, what year was that, <laughs> roughly? 96-ish. 96-ish, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so college. But I didn't really understand it until university when uh, when we had these HP UX machines running True64 Unix, where all of a sudden source access was key because there was no software. Right. You had FrameMaker and MATLAB. That's what you got from the university. Everything fun. You had to compile your, on your own. Right. And then you start to do patches because you had a 64-bit platform and nobody had that at that time. But that's, you're mixing your Unixes. That was uh, digital through 64, right? Because HPUX was the different one. It doesn't matter. Uh, it was a lot of machines. <laughs> And true, true, true 64 is one. There was right? some sort of merging going on there, if I recall, but I don't know. Then I win over you because I started, uh, I've, I've actually figured out um, free software actually way before open source then, of course, in 91. I worked at IBM with AIX systems. And sort of I, some of my colleagues got these huge tapes and sort of loaded them and, you know, I could wait a minute, this is the source code for Emacs. Cool. <laughs> you know, and Emacs is a good source code to read too because it's so crazy you know, many times, you know, really, really ridiculously huge defined macros, you know, mm. many, many hundreds of lines, things completely. At least it was, I, I remember some of that back in the day. It sort of looked crazy, but it just uh, the fact that you can actually get the source and read it was uh, fascinating. And I started doing my own, uh, open source uh, in 93, I think, 93, 94. And then you started developing curl. Yeah, well, the, the, pre, the, pre, the precursor I started in in late ninety six. Mm. 
So then, so I've, I've I found a tool called HTTP GET, and that was the one I started with. Yeah. That, that was written by a Brazilian developer, and he he really I, I checked that up after sort of long afterwards, but he released it in November 1996. So and I found it a little bit after that, long before Google, of course. And I can't really remember exactly how how I found found it, but I guess it was Alta Vista or something. I was about to say that Alta Vista was the other one. I mean, Yahoo was cool for a yeah, while. Yeah, I mean, there were a few back in the day. But it was quicker to bicycle to uh, to the internet cafe with floppies <laughs> than to use the phone line to download stuff. Right, and uh, and you didn't occupy the the only phone line in the household either. So, so yeah, exactly. I think that, that that was often a problem too, right? Because not only the time, but that nobody else could use the phone in the meantime. Yeah. So the question is then Emacs or VI? We need to present ourselves and take a stand. This is interesting because I know where Henrik stands and I know where I stand in the opposite corner. So it's it's. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I, know. I, I and I already mentioned Emacs as a source code, and yeah, I, I got oh, okay, okay. already in in uh, 1991, 92 t- time frame. Oh, that's when I. Did you say it was crazy? You didn't run the other direction. Uh, well, the other direction back in that, those days that was VI, right? But did, have you tried VI from 1991? Uh, it was oh, not. Vim. No. It was before Vim existed. It was. Mm-hmm. It was. It was, it, even cra- it was even crazier back then, but so. But I think back in those days, it was really no competition. So why would I do anything else than Emacs? And I sort of never turned around. And then when possibly Vim got better, they say I don't know, but <laughs> sort of I was already on on the path of Emacs, and I wouldn't leave that for some crazy Vim things, you know, different it's... modes and stuff. No, I'm do stuck you, with you Emacs. guys. Oh, you don't find that. So, so I, I even have Word documents at work where there's a colon WQ somewhere in it because I'm yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. save an exit. Of course. I you can think... see XS in, in some of my documents. Exactly. That's a, the, the Emacs version of that is a lot of XS somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. But, but do you use any other editors nowadays? I, I try to use for when I hack Python, but I always end up in Emacs anyhow. Yeah, well, I have, you know, I never quit Emacs. I have, I have Emacs, I have it running in the morning, I have it running in the night, all days, every day, always. So, yes, I I mean, I, I still write a lot of code. I still debug a lot of code. I always use Emacs and only Emacs for all. I don't do many different languages, so I, I mostly do C, and I, I prefer mm-hmm. to stick to Emacs for that. Yeah. I'm a bit ashamed, but I actually appreciate VS Code sometimes. It's kind of nice, especially when not working on a, <laughs> when when you're forced to not work on a Linux machine. You have the, uh, well, that's you a, can get all the tooling and everything via. No, the you lost me there. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like corporate environments. Uh, I don't know what it is. I sort of, yeah. I'm, I'm blissfully. I don't have to care about that. But I actually sometimes even actually have to do something on Windows and sometimes something on a Mac, but that's rare. So I. I usually then just SSH into that and, and stick to my Emacs and as much as possible. I've realized how my mother feels sometimes now because it, I'm forced to use OneDrive and Teams. And it's it's not uncommon that I start asking people, where are my documents? I know I saved <laughs> it somewhere. I shared it with you. Could you share it back to me? 
<laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Give give me a file system and something sane. You know, guys, the the way we talk, the TikTok generation are, are going to bail out of this. So we're, we're only keeping the 23 people in our age. <laughs> exactly. I bet. Anyhow, the 23 people to... who will be guests at our following episodes, then. Those, those are the ones that we'll appeal to. Uh, Daniel, you, you phrased some questions earlier. So one of them is, what do you hope for? Uh, FOSS-wise, uh, the next couple of years? Oh, uh, are yes. We, are, are we the, the, the guys to say that, but what are we hoping for? Right. Uh, that's more of a, like, what's the wish list? What do we actually think? Yep. In, in an ideal world, where, in which direction would we go? I think... I had a long discussion, so I'll, I'll steal the, the show here for a while. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Uh, during FOSS-TEM, and uh, what... <sighs> The discussion center around that we've accomplished so much. I'm saying we in the broadest of terms here. Everybody has been involved, including everyone writing documentation, etc., using blah, blah, blah. But we've accomplished a lot, given the first <laughs> first time I was at, etc., the first time I used free and open source software. Things have really changed. Uh, free and open source software have changed, I would say, IT. But... So in a way we won, but, but really did we win? Are we freer now or are we, are we not freer? Uh, for example, one of the things I, I, I quit my, my own mail service, uh, like a month or two months ago because I, it's too hard to keep it up and running and DKIM and all this crap that you need to set up. It's, it's hard to to like be the the little guy uh, in free software open source software so you need yes. a bit of corporate backing that's what i miss yeah. <clears throat> well i i think i think and there were several talks about that at fostum too right this notion that we've done we've done open source and open source is now prevalent everywhere so it's basically there's no product nothing being made anymore without open source somewhere i mean to some extent and often to a large extent so mm-hmm. there's definitely a lot of open source everywhere but is that that does does it mean that we won or that we're done i guess not because at the same time a lot of things are moving uh to this, to as a service and as a way to then like circum, not maybe circumvent, but at least avoid being, uh, having to, to adhere to like GPL because you never distribute anything. So you can use GPL on top of whatever and do whatever you want on top of it because you, you never distribute anything anyway. Uh, and at the same time, a lot of, uh, I, I blogged about this before in the past too, that a lot, we have a lot of open source, so pr- so basically, Products are now 80, 90% open source, but the one who's actually making all the money are the ones who just, you know, put something glorified on top of that, uh, ideally in a, some kind of end user product. And then you can get a lot of money. And a lot of those who are actually then providing 80% of the code, they actually don't get any money much. And it's, they can still actually. The contributors to free and open source software today is. I would say I, I don't have any numbers to fall back on, but I would say the, if you look at the number of contributions for, for even from, from Microsoft, but 
Intel, my employer, uh, <laughs> shameless plug. Uh, and you see from Google, you see from gazillions of companies. So it, it the open source has, uh, has shifted in, in, in so many ways. It's not the poor, lonely guy and a seller uh, by himself. So even though the um, 80% uh, that you, you're not getting paid for is probably done mostly by companies. A lot of it, you yes. get paid by salary, you mean, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. They do it uh, in work hours, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I see two opposite trends when looking at this. So, so one is the, the federation, which seems to actually take off these days, uh, using Nextcloud, using Mastodon yeah. and so on. So, so, so the, your email problem, that right now it's like Exchange or Gmail or you're screwed because you will have delivery issues, blah, blah, blah. There seems to be a counter movement there when it comes to, I mean, Nextcloud is amazing where you can do the federation between instances and, and so on. Cool. Yeah. Um, and, and also the whole Mastodon thing now with the, with the Twitter apocalypse. It, it's actually starting to get interesting to be there. Lots of interested people hanging out. Uh, but then the, the other side of it is that it seems like the openness has gone towards permissive licenses. Uh, and to some extent, I mean, it's you're a bit more difficult when you go full GPL version 3, blah, blah, blah. But that's what got us here to some extent. Then you can't just cherry pick what you like. And it, it seems like a lot of the newer tech stacks are very permissively licensed and usually backed by a company, which kind of puts you in a risk that it's not a communal project. It's harder to pick it up. Yeah, but but I but I think that is because exactly what Henrik said. That that's sort of the the company style of doing open source is doing them more per, permissively licensed. So yeah. when the Amazons, Googles, Microsofts, and everyone when they do things, they do them per- permissively. And I think maybe also, at least from my point of view, um, back in the day, I think we were influenced by that the, the more the new way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Nowadays. The, the company way of doing things might also influence people, like, right, and, and sort of give that mindset. So, of course, it should be more liberally licensed like this. So, maybe that is a reason too. So, just yes, because you get used to that more. I don't know. And then it's also, of course, it's hard to tell. Is, is it really more liberally licensed or is it just some of the new ones that are? And that's a good theme for uh, another week. We we set up a fight between uh, the like MIT folks and the GNU folks and uh, make them decide w- which is the most uh, like liberal or permissive or the friendliest license. <laughs> yes, with in armor, real armor. But it, one, one thing that I'm seeing is public sector, at least in Sweden. Sweden used to be horrible. So, so we, uh, in so many ways, um, like using software in, in the public sector where we used, we shipped our data to, to USA. We use proprietary crap all over, but there, there's an ongoing trend in the entire EU to, to own the data yourself, to run it by yourself, etc. So uh, perhaps we're seeing some nice trends over there. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, we've seen a lot of activity. So, so me and Henrik have been running this FOSS North conference, which is due in a few weeks. Uh, 
Yeah, panic, panic, stress, stress, <laughs> blood pressure. But anyway, what? Uh, a few weeks? <laughs> <laughs> but we're, uh, I mean, you see contributions from these parts. So, so we've had uh, the, the public broadcasting company, SBT, showing up, showing that they have an open source tech stack. We've had this NOSAD group who works with the general adoption of open source and pre-air technologies within the public sector and trying to standardize around that and, and pub public procurement, how to solve those problems. Um, and also the city of Gothenburg then, then uh, addressing open data, which is a slightly different beast from a licensing perspective, but still important. Um, so, I mean, there, there is a lot of attention and a lot of outreach and, and they're trying to really get something going. We should invite one of the guys uh, in public sector stuff. The, um, how about that? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the, the intention is to, there will be a GitHub when you listen to this episode uh, where we put these ideas as tickets. So, so feel free to contribute there as well. Uh, we'll make yeah. Henrik put it in the episode description, the link to the to the issue tracker. I will. Um, in this office that you one and I are sharing uh, with some carpenters, which is excellent, but so somebody decided to vacuum. It's the right time right now. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it. Uh, I, it's actually. I, I can't hear it, so it's it's fine. For uh, me. Good, good. Uh, so, uh, and the opposite question, like uh, what what we do want to see in in FOSS would be what do we want to see less of? That's harder. <laughs> uh, yeah, less of. I guess exactly. So that's just the opposite. Uh, I. My, from a personal point of view, I've, I, I want to see more of, uh, since I, I think a trend we've seen recently, uh, I mean, at least the last few years, just is this new talk about uh, supply chain security uh, and how to do, how to uh, fix that. And, uh, and, uh, and then, then there's discussion, are we suppliers or really? Uh, but but uh, the, uh, then, Following that, or in, in, in the footstep of that discussion, we, we see these companies going all crazy, Log4j, companies sending all, and I got, you know, a, a lot of emails, people asking me about Log4j flaws in my code, um, you know, completely without knowing anything. I don't do anything in Java. I hardly know what it is, but, but uh, no, my product, but you know, demanding things from people where I'm not a supplier. You can't demand anything from me if, if you haven't, you don't have a contract for me. So you see these companies getting all crazy about um, suddenly realizing that we're standing on a huge pile of open source that we don't really know about what it is or actually how it works or if it's vulnerable or not. But please tell us this very soon that it's, that we're okay. But I mean, I mean that we're going to, I hope uh, that we're going to see more companies actually taking responsibility to actually, you know, pay someone to make sure that the software is okay. Some maintainers, some stacks, some organizations somehow to actually not do that panic uh, email uh, when something happens that you people actually, companies yeah. actually start to actually take responsibility for what they're shipping or using in their services, which I, I think up until now, companies have usually just postponed that pain and, and cost to a later time because usually we can just 
forget about it and ignore that it actually could be a problem because usually there isn't a problem. So we can just, you know, get a lot of open source for free. Don't pay anyone, ship our stuff, ship new things in two years and throw the old things away and forget about it. So I'm hoping, I'm, I'm hoping both for hoping for the future that we will see more of, of companies taking better responsibility for whatever they ship and less of this wild west style of doing things where yeah <clears throat> unfortunately oh, sorry i'm just going to finish my rant unfortunately we, we live in a in a market economy where you know if it if they can earn money or do profits by not paying i'm i'm, I'm a little bit pessimistic that this is going to change soon mm-hmm. yeah there's no positive driver there or incentive but I, I like the way you phrased it, that, that it's not, I mean, it, one way to, to get things done would be to sort of hire you as a contractor and then sort of pay the, the project or the contributors to the project. But you, you also mentioned to get someone to actually take responsibility for it. So actually hire someone to contribute in addition to, to for instance, you when it comes to curl to, to build bigger projects and redundancy by having more developers knowing the code base yes something like that but uh, but because of course uh, a company that uses uh, you know two thousand open source projects they can't possibly uh, sort of engage every project directly they they it has to be some in, in sort of middle ground some organization taking care of many projects or like distributions or whatever that sort of takes care of a larger amount of projects but because otherwise it doesn't scale but i I don't have the answers to this i I just see sort of the outcome of what or how things work today we discussed a couple of years ago like 10 years ago some sort of funneling project where agencies public sector could pay in money uh, like and and ship and to company uh, as support money and that company bought some bug fixes from various projects, so to speak. Um, but it's hard to set up because the regulations, at, at, at least in Sweden, to do that are kind of strict. Yeah. But w- one thing that I want to that I want to see less of is the big companies that are, as you pointed out, Donia, using tons, shitloads of, of open source software, and then they are. Bold. <laughs> I'm not saying stupid or arrogant here. I'm saying bold uh, to request <laughs> this, like fix this for us in in your open source spare time project. Fix this. What? <laughs> um, but but I've seen it. I've seen it so many times. And and you, Donnie, you must have received gazillions of emails requiring requesting bug fixes from big companies. Yes, yes, of course. No, so, you, know, I, you have bugs. But no, no, I've never had a bug. But uh, but in case if I would have had no, no but of yeah. course I, I see that. <clears throat> I think usually the ones who are actually demanding stuff, it's rarely bug fixes. It's more policy things, you know, guarantees that it doesn't include mm-hmm. any log for J code, guarantees that this is fulfills some weird licensing demands. You, you know. NASA kept kept emailing me numerous times, and you need to guarantee that nobody from these seven banned Chinese companies have ever contributed to your product. So, what do you mean? I need to 
Uh, what are you going to do if I'm not? So not pay me? Ghostbusters. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and the first email I tried to answer friendly because I figured maybe I could get some answers back from them, right? What are you, what are you actually using this for? It could be fun to know. Yeah. Basically, they replied nothing. And then they just kept emailing me about silly things like that. So, so usually I get, but sure, th- there's that. <clears throat> Is this your way to get into US again? Uh, yes, I'm allowed. I got my visa. Oh, so you did. I yeah. Nagging at NASA wouldn't be the most clever way to get back into <laughs> no, so Now you're out. It just took, it took yeah, almost three years, and then my, I got my visa. Uh, okay, so. I get your point with... Uh, but but I, I wouldn't make any exception for, for, for NASA and ASA. I don't know how to <laughs> it, but the in in the port would be uh, like you you might get a trip to Mars, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> to to fix that that bug. Bring your laptop, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'll be something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I remember I've, I've, I've talked about this elsewhere, but I years ago before I started to work on Curve full time, which is still just my spare time project. I worked for Mozilla full time, right? And I, I got a phone. I got an email first and then I had a phone call with uh, uh, a particular company in uh, Germany doing some kind of uh, software for a car company. And they said, hey, uh, we have 8 million cars waiting for a firmware upgrade and the curl crashes. Can you please come down here and fix it for us? And, and that's, it, you know, well, this is just my spare time project, you know, and I have a full-time job. I can't just leave everything and fly to Germany suddenly one day and, and fix your issue. It's not my issue, actually. It's your issue, right? And talk about demanding things. But but, but I think the, the end of the story is also, I think, kind of sad because then I, I found a friend who could actually fly down there and we could fix it. So he, he was there and helped him solve it. I was here and could sort of answer some questions and we fixed it and, and they could upgrade their cars. But, but then uh, two years later, whatever it was, when I suddenly started my business, so I work on curl, curl full-time sales uh, support uh, contracts to companies to help them with exactly that problem, right? Do you think these guys wanted a support contract for curl? No. Because now it works, right? They don't have any issues. It works. <laughs> it's free. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so just shamelessly, you know, we fixed it then. It works for them now. They don't have to do that now. So it's moving ahead. <laughs> we don't need sponsors for this show, so we can we, we pull out any well, names. But yeah, yep. And uh, I'm not naming names. I don't. I don't mean to actually address anyone in particular because it's. I'm happy you didn't mention what city it was, because that <laughs> might have suggested w- which company it was. <laughs> I guess anyone uh, who was close to the business could figure it out. I actually don't even remember what the, the name was. So I can't name them. Let's keep... Talked about what to talk about in this intro episode. And one of the things is that we want to engage or want you, our listeners, uh, to tell us what we, who we should invite, what we should talk about, etc. So please, um, contact us, ping us, preferably on, on GitHub. Yes, we said GitHub. 
we know who is the owner. We know. We're still saying GitHub. Sorry. And hey, I'm a GitHub star, you know. And I'm now showing the other guys my star. Wow. Oh. Fancy, right? I have a yeah. sort of a plastic big YouTube star in a wooden box. Please. That's amazing. I didn't know that existed. That's cool. I don't even have a sticker. A GitHub one. Uh, you yeah. know, <clears throat> I have rid a ridiculous amount of stuff from them. So. Uh, but I have a poster from a handball tournament in Gothenburg from 84. Nice. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, so we need you to engage with us, uh, dear listener. Uh, propose yourself, propose someone else. Uh, be it a topic, be it a person, be it a, I don't know. Whatever. I mean, the general format might be good to know. So, I mean, mm -hmm. we intend to discuss recent news to some extent, uh, but also doing interviews. And then, as you say, topics where we could bring the interviewee uh, to, to make a topic interesting. So, uh, and anything around FOSS, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say related stuff. You, you've already mentioned open data. It would be great to have some hardware folks here. Um, and uh, I think for me personally, personally, I want to see a mix between companies and uh, as guests then, uh, companies and uh, like volunteers, users, etc. everyone. It, it, interesting, this is just popping out of my head right now. It would be interesting if we could get someone from uh, a big company explaining why they, in general, do not sponsor open source enough. And yes, I know some of you uh, who work in some open source office at some company, you say that, ah, but we sponsor a project with 200 or 100 euros or 50 euros a month. Hey, you're probably using thousands of different softwares. It is not enough. You, you, you're making a living out of, of these projects. So. Did you say 8 million cars, Daniel? Yes, <laughs> I, I, I think that was the number. 8 million cars. That's waiting for a firmware upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, so that... Oh, <laughs> um, um, yeah. Um, and what what more what 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 more do we need from from oh, request whatever you want from us change format change whatever contact us ping us on at github yeah so should we close this first episode down i think it's a wrap yeah we try the editing and getting everything online yeah ah and and do you have a jingle or a uh freely licensed and or a you want to contribute with a logo whatever ping us we're we're open otherwise we will try drawing and singing you won't like it <laughs> yeah basically we've just set this thing in motion right so we don't we don't really know where we're going how we exactly where to to go in either direction yeah. 
und im Format in, in, in and, this. and Henrik brings his guitar and yes <laughs> you can just like a campfire I don't want yeah. that to happen yeah. <laughs> you, you gladly pay me not to play guitar <laughs> okay guys take care take care see you bye, around everyone bye